Hola, and bienvenidos to Hispanics Lead Right. That white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. As Americans, we need to stop being so dependent in government. Government is not the solution. Government is actually a problem. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Hispanics lead right. I'm your host, Santiago Avila Jr., the Constitutional Conservative, and this week we have a special co-host, Shira Hastings. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Santiago. I'm really excited to introduce to you our guest this week. It's candidate for governor, Vernon Jones. Thank you so much for joining us, Vernon Jones. And thank you guys for having me on your show. I'm honored and delighted, and uh, a big shout out to your listeners, and I look forward to uh, letting you know a lot about me and why I want them to support me for my campaign for governor. Awesome, Vernon. So let's go right into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about who Vernon Jones, uh, Vernon Jones is. Tell us uh, a little bit about what brought you into politics. You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, many don't know this. I was born and reared on a farm in North Carolina, uh, raised by parents who had limited education, but uh, they gave me the things I needed to succeed in life. And that was one, to believe in myself, two, hard work, three, faith-based, four, the government doesn't owe you anything. And I would say five, I can be anything that I want to be if I prayed hard and worked hard that I would be successful. I was fortunate enough to get educated at Historical Black College at North Carolina Central University in Durham. I uh, went to work in the private sector for companies like AT&T and MCI and went on to uh, get elected. Uh, I think I was about 30 years old. I got elected, served eight years in the House of Representatives. I served another eight years uh, as the chief executive officer for DeKalb County. I set out, I started my own small business, and then I came back and served four more years uh, more recently. And uh, I didn't seek re-election this year, but um, obviously public service, I see it as a higher calling. Uh, it's about sacrifices, it's about serving others. And I have a distinguished record of not only serving on the legislative side of government, but actually running the government as a chief executive. And so as I look at where we are now, where the left has taken our country, where Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and again, that far left where now is Marxism and socialism that's seeping into our, our, our state and our country, I can't stand idly by. Uh, I'm pro-life, pro-gun, pro-Donald Trump, uh, pro-First uh, Amendment. And I want to see our country stand up uh, for those of us who feel like our liberties are being taken away from us. Those of us who feel like um, our country now is is not what we were founded upon with our with the framers of our Constitution. I want to protect our Constitution. So, Vernon, tell us a little bit about your journey converting from the Democratic Party over to the Republican Party, because it's very similar to mine. Well, let me say this. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. And what I mean by that, uh, the positions that they've taken over the, over the years and their issues have gone far away from my true values and how I was reared. Everything from defunding the police 
to supporting Black Lives Matter and Antifa, those groups who are who've been attacking uh, individuals, fighting police officers. I think over 700 police officers have been injured, 26 people killed throughout their rights last summer. At the same time, federal courthouses, uh, police cars have been burned and crashed, uh, private property. Uh, have been destroyed by this group. Black businesses, including black victims, fell uh, to this riot. Um, and it wasn't a protest. It wasn't a piece of protest. Pro, uh, a protest. It was a riot that they were completing. Or they, I should say that they were conducting throughout all these cities. And they were destroying cities. And the left just sat around. Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, none of them said anything. And I just cannot do that. I just cannot identify with them. I identify with most of the issues that are being pushed by the Republican Party. And really, it's like coming home, uh, coming back to the grand old party, because that's where African-Americans started. Uh, but over the years, the the Democrats have just taken the black vote and just really took us out there on a, on a, on a ride for liberal issues. So they literally destroyed the black community. Now it's time for the black community to destroy these liberals because they really hurt us and set us back generations. And so um, I'm proud to be a Republican. I joined on January the 6th in Washington. Um, as I said, when I came to the grand old party, I brought in, I like to think I'm bringing in grand people, grand new ideas and grand new opportunities to grow our party and grow our party with brown voters and black voters, all those that are conservatives have been voting for Democrats, but the Democrats have been taking us for granted while at the same time not trusting Republicans. Well, that's where I want to bridge the gap, where we engage the minority communities. That's where the conservatives are. That's how we grow the party and with young people. Vernon, I, I fully agree with you 100% on what you're saying. Uh, and that actually leads into my next question because you know, I, during the, the election cycle, I heard stupid things like, if you have an issue with deciding if you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black, right? Uh, other comments like brown and black people, you know, they, they don't know how to register for an ID. Uh, do you think we suffer from cinematic racism or do you think this is uh, like a manufactured oppression, a tool that uh, you can kind of say it's out of the communist playbook that they used to create a crisis in order to incite unrest? You know, systemic racism, I guess, is in the eye of the beholder. The Democrats always talk about systemic racism, when in fact, if it is, they're the biggest perpetrators of it because they're the ones, again, like Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for him, you're not black. That's bigoted. I mean, that, that is it just is. as racist as you can be. Then when they say that they try to pit us against each other, well, black people are not as diverse in their thinking as Latino people. Really? I mean, why would you even say something that stupid? And then you go out, you sign an executive order, stop the hate on Asian people. Well, what about the hate on brown people? What about the hate on black people and yellow people? I mean, I, I should say in other people. Why not just say, let's stop the hate on people in general? So the Democrats put us in buckets. They turn us against one another. And at the same time, when I look at them, I'm saying, wait a minute, you support Black Lives Matter? When Black Lives Matter set out to destroy the nucleus of the black family, uh, get rid of the black men. They don't want black males at the home, especially how much we talk about having fathers in homes. And so when you look at what they are doing to us, they are literally destroying us. What good comes from the from the Democratic Party? I don't see anything that good that's good that comes from the Democratic Party. I think there's some good people in the Democratic Party, and I hope to sway them to come on and do the right thing and become woke. But uh, they have been misleading us 
And they're thinking that we should be, they want to give us programs and not jobs and businesses. They want us to to be government independent. They want to think for us. They don't want us to even have an independent thought. And if you don't think with them or like them in everything, then you know you don't belong. There are even people from the LGBTQ community who's who, who left the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party feels as though well you're supposed to say a certain thing, dress a certain way, act a certain way, and they didn't want to deal with it. And so the, the Democratic Party it, it is it has gone so far until it is destructive to our country. It is, and 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 I um, if you can tell obviously you t- you have two Hispanic people uh, on this show with you. Uh, that think very differently from what they want us to think. And um, I, I've told many people, even our listeners uh, on this very show that it's very unfortunate because the Democratic Party doesn't really believe in, 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 in Hispanic or minority voters. Uh, if it was so, then, you know, President Barack Obama would have not removed the wet foot policy from Cubans. Why did he do that? Because Cubans come here and they mainly vote Republican. He has an issue with that. Uh, Look, we're going to go on our first commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to continue with more with Vernon Jones. And we're back. I am your host, Santiago Avila Jr., the constitutional conservative. And this is Shira, a.k.a. the Latina Patriot. So, Vernon, my next question to you is regarding your faith. Does faith play a big part of your decision with your policies? Well, if you go back uh, thousands of years ago, faith always played a role um, in, in, in its own unique way. For example, you had the ministers of defense, the minister of this and the minister of that. You go back to Nezabadeza, um where he appointed the high sheriff to kind of overlook um, the people and have a relationship between the people. Um, I mean, it's, it can go it can go back many many years, but I'll say this: my faith, uh, my faith tells me that I'm supposed to treat everybody right. My faith tells me uh, that that when you look at having a family and having a man, a man and a woman. And producing children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. I mean, all that's my faith. Um, people can take whatever position they want to in life in terms of their their family or traditional non-traditional family. But my faith is more along the lines where I advocate traditional families. I tolerate everybody, but but my faith tells me how to guide my life. And though it may and although it may be different from some others. But my faith is a guiding principle for me. Um, everything I do, um, faith, my faith plays into it. Everything I do to it. My praying hard, when I mention my praying hard and 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 using that as a guidance or barometer for my day-to-day life, that is real important to me. Absolutely. Now, Vernon, I'm a mom and I'm really concerned over the swamp's control of our education institutions. I say swamp because all five members sitting on our board of education here in the county I live allowed critical race theory to be deployed in the K through 12 curriculum. This was disguised under the name of diversity, equity and inclusion, and it went undetected. 
Um, I see that you tweeted that the first thing you will be putting into legislation once elected is banning CRT in the Georgia K through 12 curriculum. I just want to let you know that that's music to my ears and to a lot of parents that I know as well. Well, first of all, I support school choice. Let parents Parents know what's best for their child's education than the government. And especially when you see where children are trapped in failing schools based on failed democratic policies. And they're locked in there based on that zip code. And if a mother were to go and and lie by her address to get her child in a performing school, the child gets thrown out of school and the mother can be arrested. But what is that mother trying to do? That mother's trying to get their child a quality education. When I look at the, the curricular race theory, that to me is it's just nonsense. Here you are taking a theory based on one person and what they think things should be and how people should see each other based on race and some say gender too, but based on race. So it's literally turning people against each other. And in the classroom, if you're making a white kid feel like he's responsible for things that he had no control over just because he's white, or are you teaching kids that white people will think a certain way when they see you based on your color, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is race-based. And it started out at Harvard, Harvard, very liberal place, uh, universe. We all know that. And uh, I just, kids should not be taught that. They need to be spending more time on them learning, reading, math, and other things. Kids aren't failing in school because they don't know about the race theory. They're failing in school because they're, they're not doing good in reading, math, and science. And I'll say this, too. When you when we look at our children and what they need in terms of preparing them for them for prepare them for uh, their future, a solid education with parents involvement makes a difference. And when you're teaching stuff like critical race theory, those parents who understand that this is not good for our kids, they're removing their kids from these school systems. And when I heard I was interviewed with some guy recently who took issue with me and ended up cutting me off the microphone, but. But he said it's not been taught in schools. That is not true. It has been taught. And more recently, Joe Biden directed his Department of Education or Secretary of Education to make grants available to schools who want to teach uh, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> the critical race theory. That is dangerous. Why? That doesn't make any sense. So, yes, I'm opposed to it. I'm against that. And it shouldn't be taught in our schools. You know, I, I, I really appreciate uh, your, 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 your comments and, and what you're saying. You know, school choice. Uh, is so important, right? Um, and, and you're correct, Vernon. Uh, parents know exactly what's the best for their kids. Uh, the less, and, and I think that's where people fail to understand, especially for us. The, and I hate using the word minority because the, the, the moment we use that word minority, we're automatically making us seem like we're lesser than anybody else. We're right. all American, you know? Exactly so right. I'm going to start practicing what I preach and I'm going to stop using that word. Uh, you guys heard it here first on this show. I'm going to stop using that word. Uh, <laughs> but whenever people of a different color, right? Uh, they, they automatically assume that we want more government. We want some type of handout. We don't. We want to be left the heck alone. We want to right. be left to run our own businesses, to uh, you know, uh, educate our family. We we want to be as free as possible. Um, that being said, you know, with Joe Biden right now as as the president, um, he is considering doing all these crazy executive orders. The guy talked about uh, President Donald Trump and, you know, oh, he's he's ruling like a dictator and here he is within the first hundred days and we found out what a real dictator looks like. Uh, would you consider making Georgia a Second Amendment uh, sanctuary state, Vernon? 
Let me tell you, I, I am and always been pro Second Amendment. The right to bear arms is important to me. I was reared again on a farm and and I was taught by my, my, my dad how to responsibly use a firearm. Uh, we used it for hunting to put food on the table, all obviously sport shooting too. If anything, uh, we want to protect that. And these local governments who want to come in and change and make these local laws that are laced to gun and gun control, no, I'm totally against that and prepare to submit or introduce legislation to make it clear that local governments are not going to be taking away our right to bear arms. They do it a lot of times where these cities have these real restrict, restrictive gun laws. Uh, if it's in, I tell you what, it's, 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 look how they attack people or see if they attack people where people can, can protect themselves. They'll, they'll, they actually know what places they can go to and get away with violence and get away with attacking people versus those states that pretty much allow for people to protect themselves. And so, yes, I will be a firm, firm supporter and would be seeking legislation to prohibit any local government from coming up with laws that can take away our right to bear arms. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Vernon, just because, uh, folks, I want you to understand something. When you think about gun control, right, you don't think about places like Chicago. Chicago has one of the hardest, uh, toughest gun control measures. I was born in that city, and it's very unfortunate because they had the murder rates are, are horrible. Um, yeah. Think about a prison system, right? Yet again, it's not only guns. You're talking about shanks, knives. I mean, they'll use anything. The issue isn't isn't gun. It's it's the person's heart. It's it's the needing to change things around. And uh, we're we're glad to have Vernon on the show. And uh, sure, I believe you're up next. Yeah, absolutely, Vernon. Just going back to um, the education institution. One thing that is really important to me. Uh, would you consider also banning sex education and more specifically topics surrounding gender dysphoria and the LGBTQ uh, and drag time story hour agenda? You know what? I, I do not support um, the agenda for the left where now um, it's almost as if there is no male and no female. I think the basic science of male and female should be taught. Now, trying to get into someone's lifestyle or trying to convert someone from, from one gender to another, I don't think that is what, what we should be teaching in our schools. Now, I don't go for anybody being bullying for who they may feel like they are or not. That is wrong. Nobody should be bullied. But we should be teaching basic education on the male anatomy and on the female anatomy. In terms of a lifestyle, I, I do not support us teaching our children to look at other options in terms of their lifestyle. Their li we should be teaching what they, their lifestyle should be. Let, 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 if somebody wants to do that at home, that's fine, but that should be the basis of what, we, what we're teaching. When we're teaching about science, are we teaching science about male and female anatomy? Let that carry today. But to again, to get in now and with the government now, where we're teaching and advocating, advocating, that's the word, where we're advocating alternative lifestyles, that, that doesn't, uh, that's not something I'm supportive of at all. And I would like to have a thorough review of what's being taught in our schools and how it's being taught. And if I see where it's, 
is going outside the boundaries of what I call, um, and, and I stand to be, uh, um, can I say, I, I, I stand to listen to what anybody has to say uh, in terms of trying to educate me on what the pros and the cons are. But from my own view, my own assessment at this point, um, I totally do not support teaching a lifestyle uh, based on 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 introducing kids to alternative lifestyles. It should be based on in those science classes. Here's the anatomy of a male and the anatomy of a female, so kids can learn about that. Anything after that, what, what they want to teach at home is on them. That's their pride. That's their 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 right to do what they want to do at home, but not in schools. Let's be very careful about where we're taking our school system and our kids. Yeah, awesome. and just to point out really quickly, Vernon, you know, if you look at other socialist countries, other communist countries, they don't teach this kind of stuff to their children. So what the Democrats want to do and their ideology is actually worse than communism. Well, that's what's interesting, because in many ways they want to follow socialist uh, agendas. But then when you look at that part, all of a sudden, oh, well, well, they don't they don't do this. They don't support the same there. So. You know, the Democratic Party just lost. They're confused. The fact of it is, um, I I respect what one feels like they want to be or live the life they want to live. That's fine. But when it comes to educating our children, they should be concentrating on educating our children where they, they can succeed in life. And I don't think teaching kids a... a a lifestyle, whether to choose one gender over another, is something that that we should be using in public schools. I appreciate that comment. Folks, we're going to go to our last commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Mr. Vernon Jones, who's running for governor of Georgia, and we're going to get more on his stance on immigration, uh, who he thinks a threat to America is, and things of that nature. So please hold for a word from one of our sponsors. The Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida would like to invite you to the 2021 RNHA of Florida Convention on October 2nd. We have great speakers like Scott Pressler, Abraham Enriquez, Armando Escalante, Caitlin Bennett, and Chris Ann Hall. We will also be announcing our keynote speaker soon. We will have live music courtesy of I-95 Entertainment. For more information on tickets or how to become a sponsor, please visit us at rnhafl.org. You're listening to Hispanics Lead Right with your host, the Constitutional Conservative. We're back. My name is Santiago Avila Jr. I am the Constitutional Conservative, and my co-host this week is... Shira Hastings, a.k.a. the Latina Patriot. Thank you for having me, Santiago. Thank you, and thank you, uh, Vernon, for being on our show, Hispanics Lead Right. Um, let me. I, I want to get your stance on immigration um, and, and the current crisis at, at the border. Uh, during during the last uh, election for, for Senate, um, I, I was I was there in, in Gwinnett County specifically. I was there for about three to four weeks, and uh, I was there with a group of people. 
Um, I know when I looked at the numbers and things of that nature, we, we Gwinnett County is a very, very heavily populated Democratic County. Uh, we were able to sway some of those votes. Uh, I believe it was two or three percentage points to to the right. Uh, Georgia obviously has different uh, type of, uh, of voting than than here in Florida, where I'm at, and some of the other states. Uh, but there is a big Hispanic population, and uh, I want our Hispanic folks that specifically live there in Georgia to hear your stance on immigration, and more particularly, um, as we, as we, the three of us here know that President Trump had a huge control on the border, and right now there is a Biden border crisis. So your thoughts? We've never had an immigration issue. Uh, under the, under uh, President Trump. In other words, what President Trump did, he secured the borders, he started building the wall. He also stopped this, the stop and releases and started the stops and returns, if you will. And the crisis became more, the crisis came with Joe Biden, I call it BC, uh, the Biden crisis. And I say that because again, it was just open borders, come over legally, just come, uh, gains, uh, drug dealers, uh, just come on into this country. We're going to take care of you. We're not going to do anything but give you services. So it's just open borders, and that created a crisis. What we need to do is go back to what the President Trump, what President Trump was doing. That was President Trump made it made it clear: you can come to this country, but it's going to be a process. If you come over illegally and you got caught, we're going to return you back. You need to get in line and wait your turn. And building the wall helped and aided the local border patrol officers. Now morale is, is low. Uh, you have kids coming in. They've even put the kids in the same cages that they were talking about President Trump was doing. So it is, it is crazy. But I do think we need to have an overall comprehensive plan uh, to address legal immigration. And I hope we can come with something. But in the meantime, um, we, we just can't be open borders like that. You can't go into Mexico like that. Uh, and other cities without going, with other countries, I should say, without going through a process. So why do that here in America? We can't. Uh, but again, I do support immigration as long as it's legal and, and the laws are being enforced. Absolutely. Agree with you 100%. Um, so considering all of our foreign adversaries, who would you say is our biggest threat to America right at this moment? China. And Iran are, to me, the biggest. Certainly, China. Wow, you, you didn't you didn't hold back, and, and and you know I think that's what makes you a little bit different, Vernon, from a politician. Uh, you you sound like a statesman. Um, you know, you're not trying to wish washy uh, give a wish washy answer. You're very direct. Um, you know, and, and I'm going to bring this up. And, and granted, you, you're running for governor of, of Georgia, not president of the United States, at least not right now. Um, but I'm going to ask you this. Right. So one of the one of the, the strongholds that China holds on the United States is that they do a lot of our PPE. Right. Or our pharmaceuticals, a lot of our medicine. And, and that was, you know, thanks to Bill Clinton, uh, who removed the special tax exemption from the island of Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, the RNHA went on a full task force to Puerto Rico during the, the earthquakes. And uh, there were sections specifically in the city of Mayagüez where it looked like a ghost town. All the pharmaceutical companies had left, uh, things of that nature. Would you be an advocate to um, 
to the next president, because I don't think anything's going to get done with this one, to do something to remove pharmaceuticals away from China and, and possibly bring him to Georgia and even back to Puerto Rico? When you talk about the biggest threat to us, and I talk about China, China is beating us economically. China, when you look at what they're doing in terms of the tariffs, uh, how President Trump was able to bring some level of control, but now Joe Biden is back against giving them the way to get back ahead of us. When you look at the uh, COVID virus, for them to deny about the COVID virus, and then there's a lot of this, a lot of conversation about how even ourselves, Dr. Fauci, made funds available for them to even produce this virus. And he's been skipping that question from Senator Rand Paul, I noticed, I think a lot of us noticed that when Rand Paul asked him, asked him directly, didn't you make available funds for labs over in China? Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the military, how they build up their military forces, how they're literally getting into our intellectual properties and, 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 and taking advantage of us there, China is definitely a threat. And the only person who could stand up to China was Donald Trump. That's Joe right. Biden, it's a, it, right now, Joe Biden can't stand up to himself. And we're being taken advantage, not only by him, but also look over at Iran. With the Iran deal, Iranians now, with with going back to an old the old senator who's involved now, who's back in the, doing the negotiations that messed us up from, from the very beginning, Iran now becoming more emboldened. They're gonna tell us, about what they're going to do with this with this agreement. I mean, it's just weak leadership we have right now in the country. And this is the ripple effect for electing Joe Biden. And so when I look at where we are now and where we should be engaged and be tough on these foreign countries like Iran and Iraq, or I should say Iran and China, there's no question that we are being taken advantage of right now. And so how do we fight that? We have to make sure, and I'm, I, on one hand, I'm so glad still the Senate is so close where uh, the filibuster hadn't been removed, but but the Senate's been able to hold up a lot of this stuff where even our own government, our own Congress, Nancy Pelosi are pushing to allow us to be taken advantage of by these foreign countries and literally embracing them. Even the liberal media embraced China and was embracing some, it, it, to criticize our president for stopping travel, banning travel uh, coming from China and say that he's xenophobia when in fact what came from there almost destroyed this country. And at the same time, when when Joe Biden goes and put in a travel ban, nobody says anything about it. I mean, it's just the hypocrisy how the media, the media is one of, the liberal media is an enemy of us, of our country too. Because the liberal media, they were so obsessed with hating Donald Trump until they went along with what these foreign countries are doing, even complimenting those foreign countries over our own United States. So it, it has got to a point where I am so disappointed with the liberal media, how they're playing a role in this, how their socialist agenda uh, is really starting to spread throughout this country. You know, t- t- touching up a little bit on, on, on what you're talking about, right? Let's go back to uh, the 2020 election results. Um, and, and I guess it's a two-tier question, right? Right now, you, you see that Maricopa County is having a lot of issues. Uh, th- there wasn't like, a, uh, there was ballots that were deleted. 
there was a lot of irregularities. I mean, if there was nothing done, then why why are the Democrats sending like a hundred lawyers to try to stop them from from conducting this? Uh, Biden has the Department of Justice getting involved, uh, and then we have what happened in Georgia. Um, Vernon, you know that the Constitution of the United States of America says that only the state legislator is the one that's allowed to make any changes to your election laws. Yet your secretary of state feels that it was upon him to make some changes. At, at one point, even uh, working out a deal with Abrams' uh, s judge uh, sister, uh, if you would have been the governor, what would you have done to prevent your secretary of state from making any changes to to your election laws unconstitutionally? You, you know, first of all, you're right. Here, the left, if the left is so much into election integrity, why are they trying to stop the audit from going on in Arizona? That tells you right there that they know that there's something to this. Secondly, here in Georgia, you're the only person that I've talked to from the media that actually asked that question or even made that comment. How is it that Stacy's law can supersede state law? Correct. How is it the executive branch of government can change our, 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 our election laws when in our Constitution, in the United States Constitution and in the Georgia Constitution, only the legislature can change or make election laws? And here's the point of it. To, or I should say, to your point, Stacey Abrams, the attorney general, when Stacey Abrams filed that uh, that lawsuit where she lost the election, although she still hasn't agreed that she lost the election, but she, the secretary of state and the governor and the attorney general signed off on Stacey's agreement with that cons consent agreement. Now, here's what's interesting. One of the things that was in that Stacey Abrams law that said that we can have these drop boxes. Nowhere in our state statute did it say that drop boxes, drop boxes are allowed. So in the 2020 elections, they used drop off boxes. They used that agreement from that backroom deal to put drop boxes in the 2020 elections, as well as the 2021 runoff. Every ballot that was collected at those drop off boxes should not have been allowed to be declared as valid ballots. Why? Because nowhere in our state constitution or in our, in our election laws, it calls for drop-off ballots. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic. If we want to change it because of a pandemic, then the governor can call a special session and we come in and say, okay, the legislature would change the election laws and provide for drop-off boxes. That was one thing that was in Stacey's law that wasn't in state law that was used in the elections. The other thing was the mail-in ballot process, the absentee ballot process. The way it allowed for the criteria to be changed, all of a sudden people all across Georgia were getting letters from outside organizations outside of Georgia saying, hey, here's the, the absentee ballot request form that you asked for pre-filled out the only thing we have to do is sign it well that's that was not a part of our election laws how did that happen but that was stacy's law and so my point is to me the election fraud was far more how these ballots were allowed to be counted and most of those drop-off boxes were where in democratic counties so why didn't the governor ask for a declaratory judgment 
and say, wait a minute, what supersedes what? Stacy's law or the election law? Well, he couldn't do that because why? He was a part of it. And then ironically, the legislature came back in 2021 and wrote into the state statute a provision to allow for drop-off boxes. Well, wait a minute. If drop-off boxes were used in 2020 without it being in state statute, then what was the purpose of writing in the law in 2021? And in addition to that, the lawsuits that were filed by Stacey Abrams and her group because of Senate Bill 202, where they changed election laws, she was complaining in the lawsuit that there was not enough drop-off boxes. And that very same attorney general's defense was, or is, well, only the legislature can determine if there's going to be drop-off boxes or how many drop-off boxes it will be. So you, you see what I'm saying? That in itself, to me, was election fraud. And that's how Stacey Abrams cut a deal with the with the attorney general, the secretary of state, and the governor and put Stacey's law over state law. And that changed our election. You know, that, that's what caused us to lose two U.S. Senate seats and the presidency uh, in, in president's election in Georgia. Vernon and, and Shira, you know, and this is what frustrates me because um, everybody wants to run for office, right? Everybody wants to be a congressman, a congresswoman, uh, whatever it is. And it's very refreshing to hear somebody like you that actually understands what, how the Constitution works, right? Uh, because it, at the end of the day, the Constitution is not Democrat and it's not Republican. It's American. And when we just think that we can just make a law that supersedes the, the, the law of the land, it's, it's frustrating. Um, and l- let me ask you the, the, the big question, the elephant in the room, right? Because I've, I've already seen Abrams people um, kind of on the down low. It, it almost seems like they're pushing for Kemp to win. Um, and they're making stupid comments, and I'm, I'm calling them what it is, or stupid comments about a black man can never be governor of Georgia. And I beg to differ because as, as, as Republicans, uh, we don't look at your, your skin color. We look at, at, at your platform. We look at what you're pushing. And when I see somebody, the, the moment you came out to announce that you're running for office, uh, Shira was, was also, I believe, uh, in, in the vicinity or she was uh, up to date on what was happening. But there was something that, brought my, that caught my attention right away. And it said, Georgia first. And that's something that people don't understand with President Donald Trump is he created a movement. This is not about President Donald Trump. This is about us Americans wanting to be, be uh, to be put first. We we don't want any more wars. We're tired of the stupid wars from both parties. We want our country to come first. So when we have somebody that's running for governor that talks about putting Georgia first, the state that you're running in, wh- what do you say to the stupid arguments that Abrams Camp is making? Mind you, she is black herself, saying that a black man can never win governorship in a state like Georgia? Well, here's what's interesting. The liberal media set the tone from the day that Stacey lost, and I'll announce it since she won't announce it. Stacey Abrams lost the governorship in Georgia. But they, from day one, after the election, had you thinking that Stacey won. How can you lose an election but be given a platform as if you're governor? Stacey was 55,000 votes almost away from just getting into a runoff. Now, how do you almost win that election? Secondly, 
the Atlanta Journal and Constitution, they know. Matter of fact, they did a hit job on me today, which is fake news. They know that Brian Kemp cannot beat Stacey Abrams. And they know that I can beat Stacey Abrams. Why? For one, I'm not going to cave into the left. For two, they can't play the ace card or the race card with me. They can't play any card with me. And at the same time, I'm able to do what she can. She can't do. I can pull Democrats, including certainly black men and many other minorities who are conservative, and have them to vote for me. She can't get anybody from the, the, the Republican Party to vote for her. That's why the liberals in the Democratic Party are so afraid of me because I can take their votes, but they can't take my votes. And so the AJC right now is doing all it can to have a love fest with Brian Kemp to try to help him win the primary so they could turn right around and cut his head off and hand it to whom? Stacey Abrams. Hmm. But see, that dog is not going to hunt. That fake news, what they're trying to put out there, they even said that I was a second-tier candidate. They also said that the poll that went out to show me neck-to-neck uh, -neck with Brian, they said the poll was a silly poll, but they turned right around in their own stories for themselves and another poll they show where brian was in trouble and they were trying to help him get more of his base back so it shows that i am going to be the next governor of this state and there's nothing stacy can do about it there's nothing ajc can do about it they can come with all the fake news they can do all they can to have a love fest with the current governor but he is not going to beat me in this primary he's a walking man dead why because he couldn't ran on president trump he couldn't ran on election integrity when he had a chance to call a special session he did not call the special session he did not do anything in this session to change out the voting system that's there now that people don't trust and so when you look at this let me tell you um we the, the that's that's another case of this liberal so-called systemic racism why are they saying i can't be a governor because i'm black and republican see that's the whole thing that they've been trying to do is to keep blacks on the plantation that mental plantation yep. that if you don't vote for them meaning democrats you ain't black and when you get out there like me what do they do they try to attack you they try to assassinate your character just they try to do everything they can to run you back on that plantation but that but look i turned that light off in that suite and I left that plantation, they can never bring you back over there. And we're bringing more and more people on this side and it's scaring the left. It is scaring the liberals. Absolutely, Vernon Jones. You know, they're perpetuating racism against you. It's ideological subversion. And you know what, us Hispanics, we're conservatives and we're smart enough to know their game. And you know what, I'm, I'm really excited that you're running. And um, I, I hope that, um, you know, during this election cycle that you win in the state of Georgia. And, uh, you know, is there any final thoughts that you want our Hispanic listeners to, to hear about you? Well, well, first of all, I want to say I wanna, I wanna, one final note on that. Look at what they did to Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott. That shows you the bigotry in the Democratic Party. They call him everything from a coon to Uncle Tom. Yeah. And those liberals, they get African-Americans to attack African-Americans. They use them as agent provocateurs. That showed you where the real racism is. It's in the Democratic Party. And I want to say, certainly say to the Latino community, listen, uh, if you want your child to get a quality education, if you want to start a, a small business, if you want to grow your business, 
If you want your constitutional rights to be preserved, if you're against socialism and Marxism and communism, I'm your candidate and I don't cave in to the left or to Stacey Abrams. Please join my campaign at jonesforgeorgia.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Latinos for, for Vernon Jones. Please go there uh, and be a part of it. Sign up. So we're 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 on the move. We're building a coalition across the board. Democrats, Republicans, small business, big business, um, different shapes, different colors. Why? Because we are traditionalists. We believe in the Constitution. We believe believe in protecting our freedoms and our liberties. And we also believe in free enterprise. And if you can't make it in Georgia, you can't make it anywhere. We want to provide a climate where you're not a target based on your party affiliation, your political ideology, and your children will be protected in Georgia and your and female sports will be protected in Georgia. Those are important things. And so I look forward to uh, others joining on and being a part of this campaign and winning this election and putting Georgia first. That's that's incredible. Uh, Vernon, uh, I, I appreciate you being on our show. Um, I'm going to take a couple of seconds really quick to say something in Spanish, uh, something I usually say every time uh, we, we have our show. Right. And it's para aquellos que nos están escuchando, que vienen de otros países. Acuérdense que nosotros vinieron, ustedes vinieron a este país por la oportunidad, por la libertad. No vinieron aquí para convertir a los Estados Unidos en el país de donde vinieron. In English, for those of you that came to this country, remember you came to America for opportunity, for freedom. You didn't come here to turn it into the place you came from, a place like Cuba or like Venezuela. Remember that in this country, what makes us different is we have a constitution. Now the constitution does not give us any rights. Our rights come from God. We're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What does the constitution do? It tells government when they are infringing on those very rights. It tells government when they need to stop. So when you come to this country, study the constitution, know it, because if you don't know what your rights are, then you don't know when they're being taken away. Again, Vernon, Thank you so much for having us on our, our for uh, being on our show. Uh, Shira, yep. thank you for being my co-host this week. Um, on the bottom of this podcast, there's going to be more information to where you can uh, get more intel or more information from Vernon Jones for, for uh, governor of Georgia. Thank you all. God bless you and God bless these United States of America.